Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. I'm your host, John LaChapelle. I'm joined with our communications director, David Gamboa, and our special guest today, Young B. Dale. She is the CEO of Dale Consulting. She's an expert witness and a law enforcement trainer in Asian trafficking and organized crime. Yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) We are super honored to have you, Young B. We just want to jump right in. I think one of the first things that we've been talking about this week is we've had an understanding of this network model of how to reach women that are in trafficking, specifically the Asian demographic. But you've been sharing with us, there's another model that the traffickers are using. Can you talk and explain a little bit of that model? So it's it's kind of hard to explain (laughs) without the picture, but I'm going to do my best. So... um, I stayed there multiple times throughout this week um, for the past three days, two days. Um, so this organized trade, this is um, the commercial sex trade in the Asian um, um, culture mm-hmm. is mostly um, feeding the revenue of organized criminals. So this really, you're looking at the RICO case, racketeering, um, forget, like organized criminal like case as opposed to straight up prostitution or just um, domestic minor sex trafficking um, pimping case. It's a way more involved and there's multi layers of a complexity behind the massage parlors. It's not just a one or two massage parlors, there's multiple entities. Massage parlors are also in between the um, massage parlors as brokers, as financier, as a CPA, lawyer, you name them, and they're all kind of like getting involved in different process of exploitation. Yeah, one of the things that we've heard from our volunteers, people that go out on the street is, why don't you just shut this place down? Mm -hmm. And as we've been talking about, one place shuts down and another one pops up. Can you speak to why we can't just shut these places down? So as a successful um, criminal who knows what he or she's doing to run the brothel model, the one thing that I want to do is to put my name out there and you shut down my business and be done with it. So they figure out 20, 30, 40 years ago. Okay, mm-hmm. so what I will do as a true investor, the true profiteer, I will hire someone to open up the brothel. Lately, there are a lot of victims of sex trafficking who are forced to open up the brothel and also perform massage parlor. So if you actually look at the training program that are pushed out by a lot of um, other nonprofits, they said that these um, these managers are sometimes perform prostitution. These are not on other managers that are part of the um criminal network these are the actually and once if you see a woman who's engaging prostitution or commercial sexual activities and they're also managing the brothel chances are they're course to open up the brothel under debt bondage hmm. yeah and you just hit like a buzzword can you talk about debt bondages so debt bondage this is kind of complicated i don't even know <laughs> if i can't explain matter. this yeah so this involves very complex financial um how do I say it? Like a, manipulation. It's manipulation, like, and mm. there's different. Um, there's there's a you know 
part of the initial interest rate that they charge that they if she borrowed twenty thousand dollars in mm. terms of uh, you know with the um twenty percent you know ten percent daily interest daily interest right mm. then she's responsible for paying ten percent of the twenty thousand dollar interest rate every day so she actually owes the next day she's she owes twenty two thousand dollars instead of like $20,000. Also, mm. initially, if she is borrowing $20,000, she's not getting $20,000. She is supposed to get $18,000. So that's just part of the how loan sharking system works. Mm. It's called initial interest rate, 선이자, right? Mm. So it's it's a, their practice to take out, they charge them for um, the um, debt, the $20,000, the 10% of, of the $20,000, but um, she is as a victim is responsible to uh, pay the interest rate based on the initial um, $20,000, even though she's only getting $18,000. So there's just one out of multiple loan sharking practice called debt bondage. This is one out of multiple systems. Yeah, and one of the things that we just learned recently from a Chinese pastor is there are young women who are taking out outrageous loans just to get to America. Mm -hmm. And you were saying yesterday, you know, we have social security and driver's license and benefits and Mm -hmm. these different things. Can you bridge the gap for our audience? Why someone like a young girl, why she would take out Mm -hmm. just an an exorbitant amount of money just to get to the United States? So if you're thinking about their, you think of their travel expense, it's not just coming straight from China to, um, America, mm-hmm. so that's gonna not gonna cost as much as let's say they take out thirty forty thousand dollars of you know debt, right? Mm-hmm. That thirty or forty thousand dollars debt includes the snake cash. That's there's one route that's familiar is like from China to. Okay, you said snake head. Yeah. What is that? So snake has snake. Okay, so snake has are. Organized criminals, so basically they include the multiple business owners. A lot of time these business owners own um, massage parlor or sometimes uh, Chinese. Uh, sometimes they own um, just restaurants or just regular business practice, but they're they're acting, they're investing, right? Giving this money that that forty thousand part of forty thousand dollars goes into her debt and they're these people are making money off of this woman's um, interest rate. So mm. The individuals are working together, and then also they're part of a stakeholders that they work as an enforcer. So those are criminal, organized criminals. Okay, mm. so snakeheads. So you you have multiple entity of snakeheads that are sort of like uh, connected through relationship, through word of mouth, whatnot. So there's let's say there's one and there's one lady who came to um, Korea, not Korea, the United States from China. The the smuggling route comes from. China to Korea to no China to Japan and then she went to Argentina and then um, moved to Mexico wow. and then um, going to either um, um, Arizona or um, um, what's the other place in New Mexico or um, California mm-hmm. you know so there's, there's, there's just one route out of multiple routes that they use but um, so this is the money that they owe because it's using fraudulent visa, fraudulent this, fraudulent on mm. top of the multiple um, passport. Yeah. So it costs a lot of money than just paying the ticket to come to the U.S. from straight from China. Wow. We're so... <laughs> I don't know, unaware of the process. And I think one of the things that we've been really challenging ourselves with is how do we reach 
the Asian community. You know, it's so different from the Latin American, from Caucasian, African-American demographic. Can you speak to some of the, the, the culture, some of the mannerisms, the um, heritage of the Chinese Asian community and why it's so specific in how we reach them? Well, they're not like they don't trust us outsiders to begin with, and mm. you don't speak the language, you don't look like them, right? So yeah. that's a ch- big challenge, right? So, you know that when we walk into the place, we're like, who are these? Right? So, on the top of that, like, they're, this is a very trust based community and society, and when you're involved in commercial sex, and especially if whether it's voluntarily, involuntarily, they, she thinks she's involved in voluntarily. But it could just be that she's manipulated into the whole system. Either way, mm. she's not a victim and she's a prostitute, right? Mm. And there's a lot of shame on uh, cultural um, nuance that's tied to what she has been engaged into, whether she was a victim or not, right? Mm. So if even if she's a victim, the truly victim, I mean, she's a victim, right? Yeah. And if she goes back to, back home and you know people know about it or whatever, then she's excommunicated so wow. I actually know this victim from uh, New York so somehow the entire community of Flushing found out that she was victimized through commercial sex and mm. now she doesn't want to stay in Flushing because she was outcasted because mm. she had been you know raped or whatever yeah. so she's no longer be able to be part of the community she's kind of excommunicated she's like what's the point of being here I want to go back to China wow so you just finished um, a meeting with the Houston Police Department. Could you speak to what you believe is a solution that law enforcement in general can take, uh, the responsibility they can own in this line of work? So I think that it's it's really, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, as I was training, you know, not just the local police, but like, you know, working with the U.S. attorneys, and working with the cases of federal level that, you know, I never understood why they couldn't extract the information that I could extract. Well, nobody's expecting me to extract the information or read the in between the line or mm-hmm. to read the body language yeah. from the Hispanic victim, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a high, very high, tall order for you to expect some random U.S. attorney who was born and raised in, you know, in the U.S. had mm-hmm. nothing to do with Asian community or culture, let alone speak the language or been to these countries. So I think it's those are challenges um, that they run into. Mm-hmm. But um, and also on top of that, we don't look at this as an organized criminal activity because we have in the past, we have kind of like uh, try to kill the narrative of like this is organized crime. I don't know why and how it happened, but mm-hmm. we have been killing that narrative of this is organized crime. Well, the study is pretty clear. 75% of the commercial sex, um, sexual trade and their profit of organized criminals come from, well, the <laughs> profit of a commercial sex um, trade make up. 75% of the revenue for organized criminals. So mm. I think we need to take a different approach. Instead of using just a special victims unit, vice unit, or however we traditionally approach the domestic violence sex trafficking, mm-hmm. um, instead of approaching that, we kind of look at it for what it is, which is organized crime. Yeah. I, will t- I don't think I have mentioned this, but in 2008, when the um, Korean government cracked down the organized criminals, most organized criminals moved to the United States. <laughs> It's just asset, but they don't just move to just random places. They move to a place where there's friends or connections, right? Mm-hmm. And Houston or Los Angeles or New York happen to be one of those where you can find a lot of connection of other, right? And mm-hmm. um, 
Korean uh, American or you know individuals who are who have known the were fugitives who are from um, South Korea. So that's probably why um, we have a lot of problems because they don't come here to stop you know committing crime. They you know the main bread and butter is by committing crime in South Korea. The chances are they're gonna come here. That's all they know. Their connections are based on you know organized crime. Their connections are based on visa fraud or you know. Um, illicit finance or you know loan shocking that's how they going to make their money off of yeah so I mean really you're exposing the underbelly of this thing and for us as a nonprofit that has been in the work for the last decade other organizations that have been in the work for X amount of years what do you say to us what do you say to nonprofits <laughs> anti-human trafficking organizations who are hearing this information and going okay, what we've been doing has been somewhat ineffective. Mm -hmm. How would you encourage the nonprofit that's listening? How, do you, how would you encourage Elijah Rising in this, this field, specifically to the Asian community? Well, first of all, I think that you need to be educated, um, mm. understand the basic network model. The second of all, if you have a jurisdiction, if you're in the jurisdiction where your law enforcement is traditionally just looking at it more of a like vice unit problem, prostitution or it's just a problem of uh, you know out of sexual assault domestic violence or um what's the other one special victims then mm. i want to encourage to urge your law enforcement to tackle the all entire network of problems that tell them that this is organized crime that they need to be trained in money laundering tax evasion um rocketeering um investigation and within the money laundering obviously there are loads of problems that you know aspects that you need to be trained but even in that, the money laundering and tax evasion mm -hmm. strategies are unique to the Asian criminals. Right. Different from right. other... Yeah. So that's another challenge. I think it's a lot of law enforcement wants to just get in there and, you know, trying to tackle more of a domestic minor sex trafficking cases. Um, and, you know, asking the... Expecting the survivors to answer um, who the real perpetrator is. Well, by design within the um, Asian criminal world, that survivors generally don't know who their real perpetrators are. That's just not how the criminals operate. So, hmm. I will encourage um, the the nonprofits to instead of getting involved in survivors, you know, if she's willing to testify, that's great. But if she's not then urge your authority to go after the uh, profiteer. Who is the ultimate profiteer? Are they um, trained to, you know, do they understand the culture, not just the culture of the victims, but culture of the criminals, mm -hmm. how they practice business? What are the popular um, tax evasion or money laundering method? Mm. Sort of thing. Wow. So we have volunteers, we have single moms, we have college students, we have people that go on intervention. Mm -hmm. They go specifically into the illicit massage businesses, the strip clubs, different, different uh, venues. What would you say, not only to the uh, nonprofit organization, but what would you say to the volunteer? How would you encourage the everyday individual who has a heart, a burden for this work, but is now hearing about the underbelly, this systemic injustice that has really infiltrated every sector of our society? I would suggest that, first of all, instead of just, you know, open up the nonprofit or start running the shelter when there, you have no training whatsoever, mm. instead of doing that, maybe you can support the nonprofit to hire a um, 
Asian advocate who can speak the not just speak the language but also understand the culture. I think that is the most effective way to support these non um, um, victims. Also, urge the um, law enforcement to go after again the more of the holistic network of the problem, Mm. strengthen the organized criminal um, unit as opposed to just focus on special victims unit or advice unit. Wow, thank you so much. There was one more thing I wanted to speak to. Uh, You mentioned some of the progressive prosecutors, Mm -hmm. um, how the real criminals are not being prosecuted. We're we're charging and putting the the woman in jail. We're putting the manager in jail. Can you speak to some of those progressive prosecuting tendencies that are really inhibiting the the real movement that we're looking for? So you're thinking that maybe, uh, so you mean like they're not putting these people in jail. So they're these people are victim and whatnot. So you really don't know what you're talking about, right? I mean, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) So what, you know, really these people are not some 18 years old pimp, okay? Young, you know, young male who doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't have any good example of father figures and now he decided to be a pimp and now he's spending five thousand fifty thousand dollars and you know buying mercedes on the loan where he only made a couple hundred dollars off of exploiting his victim Mm. this is not the kind of people that you're talking about these are the people that i'm talking about these network of asian um organized criminals these are the people actually are somewhat connected to the financial financial institution in South Korea. Ultimately, if you track down the money, the money goes back to um, the financial institu- institution. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of financial institution and underground market, there's a whole lot of criminals that are profiting off of um, this activity. So these people are not have been doing that. They probably have been doing so way longer than you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably way before you were born. So I think you need to take it for what it is, as opposed to trying to phrase it uh, more. Oh, you know, uh, they need to be you know catered to their victim. Uh, these are very Western mentality. I think that it's not fair for anyone to look at the problem at you know kind of frame it in a different way as opposed to if you're really promoting multicultural then we need to look at the problem from the cultural perspective Mm -hmm. yeah and so as they pay me to do i got to bring it back to the spiritual component you know (laughs) we've talked about this the last couple of days we really have a responsibility to equip and activate the church of houston to do exactly what young b is encouraging us to do and that's to call on the Asian American church to be educated, be trained, to equip them to go with us into the IMBs and to reach this demographic that really feels like an unreached people group. We haven't really been able to reach to the depth that you're talking about because of all of the the blockades and the hindrances of culture. Faith-based people? Yeah. Okay, well, I got something else to say. Excellent. You need to start praying. Okay, pray. Pray seems like, you know, okay, well, pray, but we got to do something practical. Well, praying is the most practical thing you could do. Most successful churches in America, like if you look at their pastors, they're praying. In the ministry of 30, 40 years, they're praying. That's why how they're being successful. Joshua was successful because he was praying, right? Yes. Who else was was, um, successful? Moses was successful because he was praying, okay? (laughs) You need to pray. When you pray, there's a strategy comes up. Okay, so when I pray, God says money laundering is a way to go. So God Mm. gives you something when you pray. So if you don't have will to pray, ask for fire. fire. Pray, okay? (laughs) 
back in January, many of you joined us. We did a 21-day fasting and prayer initiative. And in our confusion and our inability to really reach the Asian community, we asked God to send us help. And so really, you know this already, but I want you guys to know Young B. Dale is fruit of our intercession, asking God for help. And here we have a leading expert, a consultant who's come alongside us. And I really want our audiences to know, how can they find you? We're putting you out there on the center stage. If if there are other nonprofits or other organizations that are hearing this and going, wow, we need someone like Young B on our team, what's the best way for people to reach you? So I've published a studies on, also based on prayer, okay? Hmm. Vision that God is giving me, I publish um, Beyond Massage Parlor, uh, that's exposing Korean sex market, and the Korean sex market exploding, I can't remember. Beyond Massage Parlor. <laughs> Google it and you'll find it. And also, I published Money Laundering in the Commercial Sex Market, Visa Fraud in the Commercial Sex Market, and just last month, maybe two months ago, I can't remember, but Tax Evasion and Fraud in the Commercial Sex Market. So I have a whole list of things that mm. I want to expose the criminal tactics of not just Asian um, criminals, but also comparing to Hispanic and domestic um, entities. Um, so you can Google that, Google Young B. Dale, or you Google them, uh, Google Dale consulting um then it'll um lead to all those different links yeah we'll um link to them in the show notes as well awesome well if your head is spinning you are right where you need to be (laughs) we hope that you will either join us as we pray over this issue or you will link in and, and connect with us and again dale consulting young b dale thank you so much for joining us on this podcast we so appreciate you thank you for having me thank you guys have a great one until next time Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at elijahrising.org donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.